Unemployment now at 14.7%. 20 million unemployed filings in the month of April. The worst numbers since the depression. Don't tell people that own assets, specifically stocks, specifically stocks in the United States of America. The Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P continue to go green and go higher. Gold's held up relatively well, considering that is the case. 1706, silver's at 1548. The US dollar's still flirting with 100. Bitcoin's flirting with 10,000. This is a milestone episode of Bizarro World. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. Nick, this is episode 69, and it falls on Mother's Day weekend. How are you, sir? Um, gosh, a lot of ways to go there. I'm happy to be employed. That's a number. <laughs> a lot of ways uh, to e- go there. <laughs> Elon Musk would certainly like, and maybe we can talk about him a little bit. And uh, other than that, um, it's sunny. It's coming through my window and I'm about to eat some sushi with my wife for her birthday and gold's in a bull market and it's super busy. So, uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. Um, happy birthday to your wife. Happy mother's day to everyone. This is Friday. Of course we publish on Monday. Mother's day would have just passed, but I hope everyone had a, a, a great, great mother's day. I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by incredible women, my mom, my sister, my wife, nieces. Um, so I hope everybody had a great mother's day. That's a long way of saying I am well, Um, let's get right to it. We talked about the disconnect last week between reality, which is people are receiving their $1,200 pittance of a payment. Um, and, and, and meanwhile, Congress and the president are talking about phase four and, and rightfully so the Trump administration says, we're not going to talk about phase four publicly until (laughs) we disperse all the funds and all the stimulus money that for the programs that we've committed to, which I have lost count of. Um, Good that they're not talking about how much phase four is going to be. The fact that there is a phase four already on a white paper somewhere. I mean, is this the U.S.'s version of defaulting, knowing that the Eurozone and Japan and all these other countries, because of the capital flight into the dollar, that's going to bankrupt governments everywhere, um, and 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 just how delicate a lot of those un- uh, th- those other economies are. Excuse me. Is this is the U.S.'s way of saying we'll be the last to default, and then we'll be the least guilty because this the, the, these deficits are not sustainable. I don't understand, Nick, and maybe you can help me. How how <laughs> how we're doing tax cuts? How we are um, doing trillions and trillions and trillions? And I'm not joking. <laughs> of dollars of stimulus that you know we we can't pay for um and yet the stock market which I, I i said would make new highs in 2021 um it might make them in 2020 i still don't believe that to be the case but man none of this looks sustainable to me i mean holy shit it's super weird right you got i mean you said it all in the intro depression level Unemployment, uh, if you see like some of the headlines, they're just absolutely stunning. Bank of England saying they're having their worst crisis in 300 years. Um, Whether you want to put it in historical context or if you look at the headline numbers as far as the unemployment, like Uber set to lay off 30% of his workforce, Um, Airbnb to lay off 25% of the workforce. Absolutely uh, incredible. And the response, um, which is your question, has been, um, 
incredible as well. We got to talk about unprecedented, right? That word, you know, that I don't like that is overused, but in fact is unprecedented. I found a chart this week. The New York Times said that that word has been mentioned the most times on earning calls uh, since 2008, right? So they've got like machine learning algos that um, analyze the transcripts from the earning calls. And so uh, <laughs> CEOs have said unprecedented more than they said in 2008. But not only that, um, the words that they're using are more negative and more fearful than they were in 2008. Um, and there's a reason for that. And maybe we can talk about more of the negative stuff uh, as we get further along in this podcast, the U.S. specifically about the debts and things. And yeah, look, I mean, just it was like last week, the Treasury Department said it was going to borrow um, something like three or three and a half trillion. The numbers are just getting crazy now. Right. And then this week they're like, oh, no, it's going to be over four trillion just for like the quarter. Right. And so let's think about that for a second. Um, in the response to like 2008, the Treasury borrowed. I don't know the exact number, but it was less than two billion dollars for all of 2009. The Treasury's and people had a fit. Tr trillion people had a, trillion, a fit. Yes, yes, yes. And people That's had a exactly, fit. Exactly right. And here we're, we're talking about over four trillion for um, like one quarter. Right. So the budget deficit just for this year is like all of 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, uh, 18, 19 combined. And it's, it's like May. Right. And so. Um, literally off the charts, literally off the charts for unemployment as well. And so, um, yeah, it makes you it makes your head spin almost right, especially when you're looking at the Nasdaq, which is actually green for the year now. Um, it's <laughs> it's just totally crazy. Right. Here's some context. Last year, the U.S. recorded a budget surplus of one hundred and sixty billion in April last year. This April, there was a deficit of $737 billion, and we're just getting started. That was April. Welcome to May, baby. Yeah, I mean, the GDP forecast for this quarter um, are negative 30 to negative 40%, right? I mean, and that's by like a lot of major institutions. And this isn't like, I guess one thing I wanted to talk about was like, this isn't fear mongering. Like, you know, there's a lot of camps that are emerging now, right? There's always camps that are emerging in our partisan times, but like, it seems now like across political lines, it's like, oh, the Democrats want people to stay at home and they want things to be bad. And it's like, I don't want to be put in that camp. I don't want to be like, I'm not fear mongering. I'm not telling you that people are going to be locked inside forever. And this is doomed. I'm just citing the actual numbers from the response, like whether or not, um, you know, it was a hoax, whether or not it lasts six months or 12 months or 18 months, whether or not we get a vaccine in six months or 12 months or 18 months. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about the, the numbers that have already come to pass. Right. I mean, those have to be dealt with. And so I, I just wanted to, to say that because I feel like some people are point to people who point out the, the, the numbers, the facts. Right. And they're like, you're a fear monger. And it's like, well, no, I'm not a fear monger. These are just like the real numbers. It's almost as if if you notice smoke and you tell someone, be careful, there may be a fire there. You're the bad guy or the person that set the fire or caused the smoke. It's nuts. I'm seeing stories. And again, I know the media sensationalizes everything, but I'm seeing stories of people shot. Um, there was a security guard at a dollar store, I believe, um, that was shot for insisting that a customer wear a mask because that was what the local ordinance called for. Um, and he lost his life over it. This was a father of two. Um, you know, we, we, we spoke when this first started and we said that we hoped, and I still do, I'm an optimist by nature, 
um, you can't tell sometimes, but I am, um, you know, we hoped that we would come out of this with a better sense of community. And I still believe that, but I got to tell you, there's stuff out there, man, that's just really, really disheartening. And, um, you know, I, I, I think there's just certain people you're not going to reach. Right. And, and, and I guess that's just the reality of it is, 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 you know, this, this optimism and hope for a sense of community, um, isn't going to be something that gets to everyone. Uh, we know that, but man, it sure would be nice if we could just have um, factual conversations based in reality, not about feelings, not about parties, not about candidates, not about, you know, just facts, people, facts. And I know some of those are gray areas, right? You know, you have one group that says, you know, the, the, the COVID deaths are overinflated because if you died from something else but happened to have COVID symptoms, you know, then boom, you, you got put in the COVID crowd. And then there's the other side that says, well, those are actually underreported because we have so few tests that there's no way that we can accurately diagnose how many people are dying from COVID-19, right? Um, then you got people that want to murder Bill and Melinda Gates. They think that, you know, he is the, 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 the antichrist. They, they, you know, somebody I follow often, Martin Armstrong, who I think is a brilliant guy. You know, I look at his blog every other day and 10 of his last 15 posts have been about, you know, th this conspiracy that, you know, Bill Gates has, 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 you know, taken over the WHO, the CDC. Um, I, I, I'd like to point out, by the way, that this is the Trump administration that is ordering the lockdowns, that is ordering, um, you know, states through federal mandates on how to react and what to do. So I just, I, I don't know if it's me not picking up on certain things or there's just a serious disconnect with people where they will refuse to assign responsibility and accountability to the correct party is, is I'm sure you're an intelligent guy, Nick, you're, you're online, you're a reader. Is there something about the Bill Gates conspiracy that I'm missing that should lead me to, 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 to want to go grab an AR 15 and go look for Bill Gates? No, I haven't really been able to grasp that. One. I mean, you know, <laughs> I've tried. They talk about the vaccine, and I haven't really read a lot about it, to be honest, but the couple of little threads I've seen are, you know, they talk about him as a globalist, right? You know, anti-globalist, that whole thing, InfoWars, etc. Um, they're going to eat your ass, remember? <laughs> Alex Jones will eat your ass, but that's true. He said it, not me. <laughs> right. But he's talking about the globalists, and I think that's, my, that's where some of it stems from. Um, he's rich, what, uh, clearly. Um and what was I reading today? You know, it's all like a, a soylent type. You know, he's invested in Impossible Burger. He wants you to eat bugs and fake meat and <laughs> and really and really kill oh off God. like um, a bunch of humanity because that's how he sees the way forward for the Earth. Right? I mean, it's just sort of um, a bit out there. A bit out there. Yes. In the context of 2020, that is a bit out there. And again, I'm not <laughs> saying Bill Gates isn't, you know, there was a good interview this last week with uh, Paul Allen that, that, that I got to watch again, his, his, his partner at Microsoft. And, you know, he talked about how basically he was a little tyrant and he was manipulative. And, you know, this was back in the Microsoft days and cool. He can be all of that. A lot of business people are, doesn't make it right. Doesn't mean that's how you should do business, but okay. Maybe he's an asshole. Um, He's done a lot of good, you know, on the on the, on the, on the charitable side of it. Um, again, I'm 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 trying to understand it. I try I, I try to always, you know, get both sides of everything or all sides of everything, and then come to a conclusion. This is one that, for whatever reason, my simple brain just can't 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 
can't grasp. And if somebody has a really good explanation, um, and again, I, I, I've read the ones that Martin Armstrong presents, and, and his is kind of what you said. He thinks he's a globalist. Uh, he thinks he's got a uh, financial interest in, 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 you know, keeping people at home. And, and he thinks also that this is a, a big ploy for Trump to lose the, 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 the election coming up in November, if we have that on time. Um, and all those things can be true. But Bill Gates is not the only operative, if we want to call him that, of the left. Just like there's, you know, many operatives on the right, um, each doing for their side, whatever that is, what they feel is best. I just don't get this this passionate hate towards Bill Gates from what I've seen so far. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I thought I'd ask. I thought maybe you had some deep insight that I was missing. No, I mean, my animosity runs more toward um, the two-party government system and the, the Federal Reserve and the banking cabal. I don't really um, hold anything against computer geeks. I'm with you. So despite the major U.S. indices rebounding, despite the fact that Bitcoin, we'll talk about that, it's back near 10,000, um, despite the fact that oil has, you know, rebounded relatively well, considering where it was just a little bit ago, sitting here at, uh, you know, over 24 bucks a barrel, um, nearly $25. Despite all that gold is still above 1700. You put on a nice gold trade earlier in the week, um, that worked out well for, for you and subscribers. Uh, it was uh, early advantage, correct? That's correct. Excellent. So it, it was a good trade. It was timely. You nailed the timing on, on, on the entry point. Um, I'm impressed. I, I, I get a lot of people that, um, will write in and they'll, they'll ask and they'll say, look, all of this is happening. This is depression era numbers. And, and yet gold is only at 1700. And I think everybody expects gold to go to 2000 and, and 2,500, you know, all in one month and react to the news. But the stock market is telling you people that everything doesn't happen when you think it should. Right. Um, I know you want to talk about earnings and we're going to get into that because I think, um, there, there's, there's a story to talk about there about what the next quarter and the next quarter is going to look like and how much of that is already priced in to the stock market. But I'm actually encouraged that gold is held up as well as it has. I I, I thought the pullback um, would be more 1650-ish, 1640. Hasn't happened yet. Doesn't mean it can't, but clearly in a bull market. Absolutely. I mean, we've said gold was strong. It's consolidating nicely around... Um, 1700. And if you can consolidate at 1700, I mean, that's what else could you say? I mean, that's feeling pretty good. Um, you can take the discussion a lot of ways. Juniors are sort of banging on the door, right? They really want to break out, but it's not quite happening yet. And like you said, it doesn't really um, happen on your calendar or anyone's calendar. Frankly, it's going to happen when it's going to happen, but um, it is going to happen. And so, you know, I think we're, we're really close. Deals are happening. We talked a little bit about it last week. Um, while it's opening back up, big deals are happening. So <laughs> don't call um, Nick if he's in a bad mood pitching him a bullshit deal. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! It's encourageable this week, Gerardo. <laughs> oh, let, let let let's get to earnings. You know, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about the stock market a bit. Um, well, let's note first that silver again. You know, it, it's still range bound. Silver really hasn't broke out. Send there right around the fifteen fifty level. Um, I, I still think it's trading like an industrial metal, so I didn't want to ignore it, but I just don't think there's much there yet. Um, but let's talk about the fact that 4.1 million homeowners have skipped their mortgage payments um, in, in, in some shape, way, or form, whether it was deferred or just missed it or just defaulted on it, whatever the case may be, 4.1 million owners this, 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 this past um, month. And so how does that correlate? You know, 
Unemployment's at 14.7. Um, 4.1 million people have skipped their mortgage payments. I don't know how the servicing companies for these mortgages are going to survive. I think that's that's something that um, <laughs> the Trump administration is going to have to throw a lot of dollars at here soon. Um, or the Treasury Department, Mr. Mnuchin. Um, but how does that square with the earnings that we're seeing and the market being where it is? Can you provide some insight on the earnings? I know you watch those a little closer than I do. Well, we gonna see. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> you, you, you talked about sort of at the outset of this crisis how if you got a little jingle, jingle in your pocket, you're going to be just fine, right? And so the people in that camp, what are they doing right now? I mean, they're sort of licking their chops at the rates, talking about refinancing, maybe going from a 30-year to a 15-year and, and coming out of their, their debt a little bit quicker. Uh, but like you said, a lot of people uh, aren't in that camp. They're in the other camp, right? And so they're skipping mortgage payments. Interesting to see what's going to happen as far as how that's going to affect their credit scores, what sort of penalties they're going to have to pay, what's going to be forgiven, uh, et cetera. But certainly if um, you can't make your mortgage payment, like I guess what I want to say is for years, we've seen these studies, even from the Federal Reserve, right? Like average American only has $400 in savings or couldn't come up with whatever, $300 in emergency. You've seen all those studies, right? Yeah, and, and those so, were the old numbers. That ain't true anymore. <laughs> they don't got here's, here's, the, here's the emergency, right, Gerardo? Yep. And so- um, you know, we're going to we're going to see earnings across the board so far. They're not all done yet. I, I think we're just about a little over halfway through earnings season for the first quarter is, you know, they're down almost 14 percent, 13.7 percent is the last number I saw from FactSet. And of course, um, you know, certain sectors, as you would expect, are, are doing different than others. Oil earnings, et cetera, have been completely decimated services, like you mentioned. Um, devastated other things like you would expect um, healthcare, tech, consumer, consumer staples, et cetera, um, sort of holding their own a little bit. And that's sort of like the bifurcation you've seen in the market, right? Um, that's why the NASDAQ can do so well. And I don't know if we've talked about it on here or not, but sort of like the concentration in these tech stocks in the, in the S&P, right? A couple of stocks can do good and it looks like the whole market's doing well. But, you know, when you peel it back a little bit and you, uh, you look at there's no breadth there, right? Not breath like you breathe out of your mouth, your mouth breathes, there's breadth with a D, right? If you look at the breadth of the market, um, not doing so hot. In fact, like you say, um, we're going to see next quarter really what a full quarter of, of stay at home orders do. But just in the first quarter so far with stay at home orders only in for like maybe a month of that, I mean, more than 10 percent across the board. And so um, it's got to be reflected. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. What do I know anymore? But you would think that at some point the, the earnings is going to the, the stock market is going to reflect that negative earnings growth. Right. Um, it, you know, and, and we'll see. And meanwhile, while everybody is furious at Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci for trying to colonize the globe and, and, and insert chips that track everybody, you know, like <laughs> a lot of the Bible and, and, and all of that, according to what people believe, um, we have very real elected officials doing very real shady shit, right? We just found out this week that we already knew that Senator Richard Burr had sold a significant share of stocks. On, on, on February the 13th, him and his wife um, conducted 33 cell transactions after a class after they got information from a classified meeting, obviously explaining how, how severe um, the economy was going to be hit as a result of this COVID-19 pandemic. 
what just came out recently. And again, I don't understand why people aren't upset at this, why this guy doesn't get the hate articles and the memes and all of this. So not only did him and his wife conduct the 33 cell transactions on February the 13th, but now we find out that his brother-in-law sold a large number of stocks the same day, the same day. So again, if you're wealthy, if you're connected, you can get away. Yes, he's under federal investigation. We'll see where it goes. It wasn't just mm. him. He also called told, the mystery wagon. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Because you know what happens when you're well-connected? Well, if you're Michael Flynn, you can plead guilty and the Justice Department will still drop charges and exonerate you. America, baby. America. I mean, yeah, you go ahead and talk about it. I didn't follow that closely this week, but certainly he pretty much admitted he was guilty, right? And then the DOJ is like, now we're going to drop the case. He pleaded guilty in two admissions in court to committing the crime. <laughs> Now, I am not the person that will defend the FBI. I am very well aware and well-versed in the history of the FBI and the coercion and all of the shady tactics they use and have used historically. There's a lot of great people in the FBI as an institution. It's got a checkered history. We'll just, we'll just say that and leave that there um, to not get into an argument about the merits of the FBI. They do a lot of good work. They do some things that, you know, I think I, I, I think they shoot themselves in the foot inadvertently or, or, or very, very, very intentionally. But in this case, um, Flynn admitted to lying to the FBI about conversations he had with Russia's then ambassador to the United States. Again, America, if we're upset about Bill Gates trying to profit off a vaccine or Dr. Fauci trying to prepare people for the tens of thousands of people and possibly hundreds of thousands that 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 you know he said if we don't do anything could die and and you know we're we're over 70,000 now it's, it's headed to towards six digits um and not in a good way um why where, where's the outrage at this where's the outrage at 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 the justice department at at you know uh, i i just you know william barr the attorney general is trump's right hand guy always has been and he's the gentleman that made the call so again where in america does someone get to plead guilty multiple times in court and then get completely exonerated. And now the, the Trumpster is talking about bringing them back in the fold into the administration. I mean, it's a fucking shit show out there, everybody. And this is really, 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 really bizarre world. That's all I can call it. I, I don't have other names for it. It's just nuts. Yeah. I mean, I've got nothing for you. It defies all logic when you, you self-admit you're guilty. Um, and I'm not going to rehash the story, but Look, that's like end of empire stuff, right? I mean, when that's like snake eating its tail stuff. I mean, when stuff just completely defies all logic, uh, doesn't make any sense, et cetera. And so, um, you know, and it's going to be a very interesting uh, election season, right? You got this guy who I think is the, the, the orange one losing credibility <laughs> by the day. The orange one. <laughs> and then you got the, the white, white one. Who's like in his basement without any sort of kernel of enthusiasm whatsoever. And also now like this, um, you know, sex, sex scandal, right? Which it is because the Democrats have spent years backing Me Too and yep. trust women, yep. et cetera, right? And now how are you going to support this guy when you got to believe the woman and, and trust the women? And so a, a total clusterfuck, cluster Gerardo. And we got to vote by mail. So... Um, we'll see because the post office is also has some issues. We're really going to see. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see if the post office is around for us to be able to mail our ballots in. We'll see if there is an election again. You know, I don't know if if, if a second wave is going to happen. I'm not educated enough to tell you the month or or the severity of it or if this this COVID-19 thing is going to mutate and turn into a more aggressive version or, or 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 be recessive and turn into, you know, a, a, a weaker version that 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 is not, you know, just borderline flu. I can't tell you any of that. All I can tell you is that viruses do mutate. Viruses pick a direction. They get stronger. They get weaker. And viruses do come back. Those are all facts. And you can like them or not like them. I really don't care. We are going to see a second wave of this. That's just what viruses do. Let's hope that we have enough PPEs, right? Equipment for for, for our nurses and our doctors and, and, and staff. Um, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope that, you know, there's ventilators for everybody. I know now the 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 hot topic is to say that, you know, we overprepared and and, 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 you know, there were too many ventilators and, and I, I say, Hey, thank the universe and thank our lucky stars that we didn't need as many as we thought we were going to need so far. Right. But I really do hope that we prepare, um, looking ahead to November's election seems like thinking about what's going to happen in 10 years at the pace that time is moving right now. Do you find that in your household as well, Nick? <laughs> well, gosh, I could make an argument, I think, for both sides of it, right? And I've been talking about a lot of people with this. Like I was talking to a mining CEO yesterday who I talked to maybe every other week or so. And he was saying, um, and because we've talked about it throughout this whole crisis, like every day your head just spins, right? Because um, you got to talk to somebody new or you got to figure out something new or you've got to learn some um, new app. And, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but I've been in my desk like 10 or 11 hours a day. Right. And then, so like all, all of a sudden you're just like, um, oh, well, I'm eating dinner and then the kids are in bed and now I'm laying in bed and my eyes are closing and then boom, you're doing it again. Right. Like up and I'm back at my desk again. So in that respect, it almost feels like it's going, um, really fast and in slow motion. Right. And so I, I think that's just at least for me, par for the course, because everything is is so crazy. But I'm certainly not thinking about November, you know, I mean, absolutely not. I mean, in fact, I'm seeing things almost for as fast as the days seem to go by, like the markets and things in in slow motion, because developments are happening so quickly, like you're getting one, two, three, four percent moves in a day. That stuff normally takes months to play out, right? It's insane. And meanwhile, if you're black in this country and you're in certain parts of Georgia, you can't even go for a fucking jog without, you know, ex, ex, ex police officers and his kid hunting you down because I, yeah, I saw the video and that's exactly what that was. And the fact that, you know, two other prosecutors passed on indicting and, and that the state had to get involved and that it even had to go to a grand jury. Um, it's just, it, it, it speaks volumes to where certain parts of America still are. And, um, you know, to, to, to that young man, to, to, to that, and I don't want to talk about this too long because it, 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 it's, it's, it's a sensitive topic for me. It's something that I have very strong opinions about and, and very strong opinions about what should happen to, to the, 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 the father and son team that, that hunted this kid down. But, um, you know, all the best to that family and that community. And I hope that, um, you know, I, well, he I, was- I yeah, you, you're talking about Ahmad Arbery, right? And so um, the, the guy was a police officer, which I didn't know for a little bit. Probably stupid on me for not investigating it more. But again, super the guy, the guy, that, sh- the guy that shot the, the young man. Correct. A right. former a former police officer and investigator. Right. And so um, you can only imagine the good old boy network in in Georgia and how that works. Right. I mean, 
Um, that's a well-known sort of characteristic of the South. And so there's been country music songs written about it and movies made about it. Um, the Reba McIntyre's The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia was about uh, a sheriff who um, had a make-believe trial for someone who committed murder and he knew he didn't do it. I mean, this is not nothing new here, right? Um, and so um, when I saw that he was a police officer, that's really when I started boiling, right? And started reading into it more. And then it's like, oh, well, of course the first prosecutor, like, recuses themselves right and then the second one and the third one is hesitant to press charges this man is like connected to the to the prosecutors and to the uh to the police in that in that county right and so um anyway like you said not going to talk about it forever but no you know uh we can't live in a country where um where you can't you know, go for a can, fucking jog fucking jog exactly right where where you can be where you can hunt someone down who is unarmed um uh, and use self-defense as a as a cloak for um, the reason you did it, right? I mean, the law says that um, basically you got to catch them and know that that person was committing a crime, right? And and that obviously wasn't the case. And um, you, you just have to hope that that this get, it doesn't go the way the the Trayvon Martin thing did, right? Because um, to me, that was obviously a travesty and kicked off a lot of other things. And um, you know, like with the the other topics we were just talking about, people are, are so busy. People are worried about making ends meet. Uh, people are worried about the virus. People are worried about the economy stories like like this slip through. And, and that's unfortunate to see. But like you said, yeah, best to his family. And um, let's get this thing to a grand jury. And fuck, let's get those people in jail for real. I, I, I wish um, and they have been indicted for for murder charges. You know, they, they, they were arrested. I wish uh, that the, the, the father and son killer team all the reciprocity that they deserve. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, speaking of white supremacists, <laughs> I hear that, uh, Stephen Miller's wife has tested positive for COVID-19. Be, let's be clear, everyone. I wish her all the best. Nothing against his wife. Don't know the lady. I'm sure she's lovely. Stephen Miller is, is someone I am not very fond of. I think he's a white supremacist. I think it's a, he's a Nazi hiding behind a suit. Um, frankly, I don't, I don't care for him and I wish him all the reciprocity that, that he deserves as well. But I, I, I bring the issue up because his wife is a staffer. She's a, 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 a media relations person for um, Vice President Pence. And so Mike Pence is running around without a mask everywhere, it seems, thinking that thoughts and prayers are going to help him out. Um, obviously, he's got to believe COVID-19 is real now. I hope he, he's taking it a little bit more seriously. I couldn't help but notice President Trump and Mike Pence going to a nursing home again, without a mask to do a good thing to hand out, you know, supplies and materials, but fuck, like, where is the leadership on this thing? Just the optics of it, right? I mean, everything's backward. There's a, a good article. I think it was in the Atlantic talking about why things are so confusing and ran through a bunch of stuff like that, as far as the misinformation we're getting and, and how there's seemingly two sides to um, everything. Uh, the first thing that I thought was like, well, man, she, at least she got a test, right? She, she's connected. So um, there's a lot of people that still haven't got tests yet. And so what I'm thinking is that like, you know, one, are you ever really going to know the the truth of who has had it in the in the West Wing? And two, you know, maybe everyone's already been infected and was asymptomatic. We talked about that last week on the show. Mm -hmm. and that was likely a, a lot more people that have been infected. So, you know, who knows? Who, know if, who, who knows if we will know? And um, there's a, a real possibility that, you know, I mean, look, you've already seen other 
uh, you know, a Boris Johnson, for example, right? Um, yeah. Bolsonaro in Brazil. I mean, other world yeah. leaders have had it. Who's to say that Mike Pence and, and President Trump haven't already contracted uh, COVID nineteen? I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet against. I wouldn't bet against it, right? It is interesting to me that the most like boisterous, arrogant, um, dismissive uh, politicians of COVID nineteen tend to be the ones that catch it, right? It's, it's <laughs> the universe, man. <laughs> Did you hear about the failed in, uh, insurrection in Venezuela? The fucking nope, but you're going to tell me I saw oh, it on the list. Oh, man. So there was these three. And one of these guys was here from Austin, man. You know, um, ex-Green Beret guy, three. So here's the context, everybody. Um, 300 heavily armed volunteers thought that they could sneak into Venezuela from the northern tip of South America. And 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 they, they were going to raid military bases in Venezuela and they would ignite, this is what they thought, a popular rebellion that would end in President Maduro's arrest. Now, for anybody that knows their history and you know about when Batista was president in Cuba and how Fidel Castro and Shea and, 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 and the squad got there, um, it sounds like they thought they could do what Castro did, um, but they quickly found out that that was not to be. And so, you know, 300 heavily armed ex-special forces, ex-military people, um, went out there and thought that, uh, that, that they could make this happen and they are now jailed. Um, and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're begging for the Trump administration to come get them. And I don't know if people know, but Venezuela is basically a failed narco state right now where everybody, but Ooh. the better connected people are, are, are starving literally. So I, I can't imagine what the treatment's like in prison for them right now. Um, I feel for their families. And God, the conspiracy theorist in me, which doesn't come out a lot, but you know, on this one, I gotta think there was more to it than that. I mean, I just don't know if me, well, first off, I don't have 299 buddies, right? But if I did have 299 buddies, I just don't think that they all would happen to be ex-military special forces and that we would all decide that that would be a cool field trip in the midst of a global pandemic. I mean, it was clearly state sanctioned in some way. <laughs> you think anybody's ever going to write the story? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll Google it after this and poke into it. I didn't even see anything about it, but certainly you just don't decide to gather up some friends and go storm a sovereign <laughs> nation. It's 2020, everybody. I can't make this stuff up. I'm just reciting it and reading it to you. That's it. I didn't cause it. I can't make it up. I, I, every day I'm surprised at what is going on out there. Um, it is what it is. It's the new normal, I guess. Um, you wanted to talk about the new normal as it related to the Jeffries Investment Bank. And I think well, uh, it's important because this is a trend that will accelerate, right? I think we just don't know what the new normal is going to be, right? You see a new story every day. Like um, they took my wife's temperature when she went to the spa the other day. And I've been reading um, in Asia, you know, lots of companies and, and apartment complexes are doing the same thing, right? Where you haven't... Uh, get your temperature uh, or your body scan before you return even to your home, right? Inside your apartment complex. Um, and we've seen stories and earnings reports coming out like the industrial giant um, Inger Solrand it's, uh, had, had an SEC filing this week talking about um, fitness for duty, which is the term that, that we're using for this, at least in the, in the workplace, right? Where um, employees of uh, industrial giants, factory workers, et cetera, are going to have to um, adhere to a fitness for duty standard. And that has to do with um, their temperature and submitting to being scanned and wearing wearable devices. 
um, et cetera. And as we've talked about, it's going to be interesting to see how much the, the government wants to adopt that in the in the private world. Right. We know 9-11 was used in a very real way to use uh, terrorism to expand the, the listening powers and the surveillance powers. Um, of the of the state and and already you want to take it back to the Bill Gates conspiracy. Mm. It's an easy way to do that, right? Talking about um, apps and wearables and embeddables and tr- tracking you in public places and who you've come into contact with, et cetera. And that's not really what I wanted to talk about, but certainly something that I've been thinking about. What I wanted to talk about was, you know, what does a new normal look like even when it opens back up, right? Restaurants at fifty percent of capacity. I've seen. Um, you know, in Asia, you got to wear a, a mask at your restaurant. Who's really going to want to do that? Right. I mean, and, and, and that's not e- really not what I wanted to talk about either. I kind of wanted to talk about commercial real estate, which is I know something that you know much more about than I do. But I'm seeing even companies that I know and follow saying, you know, we're not going to reopen our office in downtown Vancouver. Why would we do that? We're we're as efficient now as we were then and we can save that that lease payment or whatever. Or in the case of a much larger company, Jeffries, like you mentioned, um, their CEO wrote a memo the other day that said, you know, when are we going to get back to normal? And his answer was never. We're not reopening our offices. We're going to continue a work from home culture. And that's like a major investment bank, right? Um, and then just one more story quick on that it was like the Social Security Administration I read this week was uh, they're all working from home and that's like tens of thousands of employees um, and they're monitored. Right. Um, and they're pro- they're processing. This is like government efficiency stuff. Right. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> more applications working from home than when they go to the fucking office. Of and course. So, like, why wouldn't you, why would you have them come back to the office? So it just I don't know how it's going to pan out. I mean, I just those are some of the things I'm looking at, and I'm really interested in this quote unquote new normal. Yeah, I think the new normal won't be normal for the next three to five years. You know, and it gets back to to the economy not being the stock market and the stock market not being the economy. I think you know easy money and and the Fed put and whatever you want to call it, um, capital flight into the major U.S. indices can levitate the stock market. Um, you know, and, and, and reduce volatility and do everything it's proven to do thus far. But what it cannot do is, is, is pretend or, or create, is a better word, create the jobs that existed before and duplicate those anew. That's not going to happen. I've, I've, I've you know, spoken with people I know, uh, business people. I've, 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 I've seen many that I follow that are, that are you know, incredibly well off and, and have Big, big, big operations that say absolutely not. They echo what you said, Nick. Absolutely not. We're never going to come back at, at that capacity again. Um, we'll let the lease expire and and we'll come back at 35 to 50% capacity because one, we're a lot more productive with this, with this quote unquote new normal reality. And two, it cuts down on our overhead completely. And so why would we, you know, take out a building with 20,000 employees in the middle of Manhattan or the middle of Seattle or downtown Austin, unless you absolutely had to, now that you have a sample size during this new normal where you're seeing people be as productive, if not more productive than they were pre-COVID-19 pandemic, right? All sorts of implications. I mean, one other article I was reading was that you know, it, it opens up more efficiencies because it opens up your job pool to a more efficient pool of candidates, right? Um, if I'm hiring uh, 
I'm talking about specialized things, right? Let's say I'm looking for like a PhD in Spokane. Well, that might be a limited pool, but if we're not having an office in Spokane, I can get a PhD from anywhere, right? Maybe someone that's better than the PhD I would find in Spokane. And so anyway, sort of like the Social Security Administration, just increasing efficiencies in that capacity. Sure. I, you know, I have friends and family members that, that, that were doing, you know, therapy sessions before. And, and, and you know, whether it's physical therapy at, at, a, at, a, at a gym or it's, 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 it's mental therapy, you know, relationship issues, personal issues whatever it is, why would you waste 20, 30 minutes driving to a place and then 20, 30 minutes driving back when you can just, you know, get on a Zoom meeting or get on whatever, you know, your favorite, your favorite application is and, 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 and get just as effective a counseling session um, as you could in person. Now that, that won't be for every sector, but you know, I, I personally, I miss going to the movies despite the fact that, you know, we're lucky enough to have a home theater here at the house, but I miss going to the movies. I, I, I miss the social interaction. I miss, you know, going to Starbucks and getting my coffee every morning. Um, but that's not going to be the case for a lot of sectors. And so again, it's, um, I, I, I think this is this new normal that we keep saying is, is not going to be a normal for three to five years. And, you know, a lot of good will come out of it, but a lot of sectors are going to go away. Um, there's there's yeah. there's drama in the movie theater market. Um, I could talk about this topic for a while because there's so much going on. Um, but I know you watched Trolls the other week, right? I did. Um, it was great. <laughs> and so, you know, Trolls skipped the movie theater. That's how you were able to watch it, right? Correct. And so the movie theaters are fucking pissed, Gerardo. Um, AMC <laughs> said they're not showing any more universal films, period, because they did that with trolls. So heard. new normal, man. <laughs> Crazy. I heard. I heard. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here hoping, hey, if you're going to keep me at home or actually at this point, I'm keeping myself at home. Right. In Austin, they've they've extended the 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 the, the stay at home guidance. But you can now you know, you can be out. You, you, you can go jogging. You can go exercising. Um, restaurants allowed to be open. Twenty five percent capacity. Um you know, so, but I'm, I'm choosing to be careful because again, I'm not smart enough to know what this virus is going to do. And I have too many loved ones that, that depend on me for me to, 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 to risk my health or their health. Um, because I miss going to Starbucks or because I miss going to the movies or, you know, whatever the case may be. So different for everyone, but yeah, I, I, I absolutely think there's going to be, um, new business models that come out of this that will be very, very efficient and unfortunately, that's going to mean that a lot of the antiquated business models um, that are getting exposed are just going to cease to exist. And, and, and you know, that, that, that's, that's the way it works. That's the way capitalism is supposed to work. Don't tell the stock market. Don't tell, you know, <laughs> the Fed. Don't tell, you know, any of those people. But that's the way it's supposed to work in real capitalism, which I, I am aware is, is dead. We, we, we no longer have that, right? Um, not in a traditional capacity, but um, I am, haven't lost all hope yet that it's uh, completely buried and gone. Agreed. I know you wanted to talk about a malaria microbe. Well, you always want a positive story, Gerardo. And so they're few and far between these days. And I saw that um, with our advanced, you know, we're always commending the scientists with advancing scientific techniques. Um, you know how small a mosquito is. Well, we can now like look inside the gut of a mosquito. I don't know how tiny a mosquito gut is, but I imagine it's pretty damn tiny. Um, <laughs> so when we looked inside the, some of these mosquitoes' guts, particularly around um, in the mosquitoes that lived around Lake Victoria in Kenya, some of them have this microbe in their gut. 
Um, I don't have the article up, so I can't tell you what the microbe is called, but it doesn't matter because the mosquitoes that have this certain microbe in their gut are entirely immune to malaria. And so um, still early days, but they're thinking they can do a lot of things with this, either use that microbe to produce uh, treatments for malaria or vaccines or um, use that microbe in some sort of genetic capacity to um, get it in all the other mosquitoes so they can't spread malaria in the first place. Um, but either way, how it goes forward, they've identified this microbe that completely um, stops malaria inside the mosquitoes. And so I felt like we should spend a second and just talk about that. I think that's fascinating. I appreciate <laughs> the positive spin. I have a positive story. And in honor of our 69th episode, a joke. Let's start Funny. with the positive. I, I don't know how positive it is. I don't know how practical it is, but it's, it's interesting. Um, I read an article this week um, that said that astronauts can use their own urine to make concrete on the moon. Did you know that? I didn't. Human urine could one day become a useful ingredient in making concrete to build on the moon. Turns out the main organic compound in urine would make the mixture for a lunar concrete before it hardens into sturdy final form. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to share my joke of the, of the, it's been a while, actually. The last one was the R. Kelly joke. You remember that one? What do you call a pirate that likes to pee on people? R. Kelly. Kelly, you got it. And so this one is a little different twist. What do you call two nuns and a prostitute? I don't know. What do you call them? Two tight ends and a wide receiver. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Happy 69th episode, everybody. Happy 69th episode, everybody. Nick, I know you have things to do. I have things to do. I know your weekend is is, is, is booked. Um, all jokes aside, I hope everyone had a great Mother's Day. Happy birthday to your wife, Nick. Um, anything else you want to add to this week's episode? Any stocks you want to talk about? No, um, I I didn't really do a lot this week. Uh, Palomina is one company I'm writing a check into. In fact, before my weekend starts, I got to finish these subscription documents here. Um, I went long volatility just while you were calling me. So literally like in the closing minutes of the market here on Friday, <laughs> we'll see how stupid I feel about that on Monday morning. I, I hope I didn't jinx it. Hope my presence didn't jinx it, Nick. Fingers across for you, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's all we got this week, everybody. Have a great week. Happy Mother's Day. Hope everybody had a great Mother's Day. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 69 of Bizarro World. See ya.